for example, by offering instant rebates redeemed at the time of sale and larger incentives for lower-income people. And that's the point of equity, right? Equity isn't we all get $100. Equity is those who need 150 get that because of where they are situated in their community, and those who need 25 get $25. She says the new Inflation Reduction Act includes federal tax credits that are intended to improve equity. For example, tax incentives will now apply to pre-owned vehicles, which low-income people are more likely to buy. But Gorman This is Janet McKean from Cairo, and you're listening to WGXC Acre 90.7 FM, hands-on radio. All right, you are tuned into WGXC 90.7 FM. Heading into the break here. Just, uh... Quick word about this pledge drive again. Um, we gotta we gotta build our base of monthly sustaining donors. That can be you. Growing a community of sustaining supporters is quite significant to this station's longevity. And during this pledge drive, we're uh, also looking to add some more local volunteer programmers to the schedule so maybe you want to be a part of the community conversation here on 90.7 fm whether that's playing your favorite music helping to report the news interviewing your neighbors discussing local issues wgxc is a community radio station and we're made up of the voices of the hudson valley so if you live in Berkshire, Green, Columbia, Albany, Rensselaer, Ulster, Dutchess County, you can be a part of WGXC. Uh, give us a write, info at WGXC.org. If you want to start a conversation about um, uh, joining as a volunteer programmer or to make a recurring donation or a one-time gift, check out WGXC.org slash donate and pledge your support of Creative Community Radio for Open Ears and assist us in transmitting these sounds over the airwaves. WGXC underwriting support is provided in part by Suncommon, supporting vibrant communities across New York for 15 years, offering custom solar installations for homes, farms, and businesses. Information at suncommon.com. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Jenny Getty of Red Hook, New York. WGXC's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Green and Columbia counties. Become a WGXC sustaining supporter today. Go to WGXC.org and click Donate. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Uh, by the way, this is Jenny Getty that you just heard as a sustaining supporter of WGXC. <laughs> Can't believe I'm famous. You're so <laughs> famous. So Hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. We are a twice a month, uh, every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to be exact, movie talk show. Jenny and I will pick a theme, watch movies separately relating to that theme, and then get on the air and talk about them. It's a lot of fun for us, and we hope it's fun for you, too. Oh, it's just great to be here with you during this 
the pledge drive for WGXC. Oh, it's the pledge drive. Speaking of being a sustainable supporter, there's no better time than right now to become one. It's so easy, folks. You just head on over to WGXC.org and uh, click donate and become a sustaining supporter. You can do a one-time donation, but we encourage you to become a monthly sustaining supporter. That can be as little as $5 a month. Uh, you won't even know that money's missing. It's great. So easy just to keep the best radio station on the entire planet on the air. It's true. It's important to keep independent radio around because uh, it's the only way to hear music that doesn't suck. <laughs> um. <laughs> you hear all of your cool friends and neighbors just like hanging out on the radio yeah. all the time. And they yeah. can say whatever they want, really. Exactly. <laughs> it's like pretty exciting. When you listen to the radio and you reminisce about... Um, you know how radio used to seem or how it seems in movies that's what independent radio is trying to keep alive still doing it uh, it's hearing, not over yeah hearing great stuff weird stuff um, excellent music you gotta you gotta help uh, help keep us on the airwaves y'all you gotta support the stuff you love if you can if you got it if yeah. you got some cash in your pocket and you're like well what could I put these five dollars into yeah not your wallet you put it into wgxc.org slash donate exactly um for another exciting way to donate that we can't really talk about on the air you can head to our instagram at dim the lights with jenny and amanda um yeah you can find out more ways to donate there and keep in touch with us if you want to reach out about our show yeah before we get into tonight's theme, we're going to tell you about what is playing in the theaters in our radius. I'm going to start with the Wyndham Movie Theater in Wyndham, New York, near Wyndham Ski Mountain. Um, right now we have Creed 3, Cocaine Bear, and Ant-Man and Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, Cocaine Bear, by the way, is Ray Liotta's last movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tragic. Tragic. I'm curious about it. Yeah, same. Um, to find out more about showtimes and all that, head to WyndhamTheater.com. That's W-I-N-D-H-A-M Theater.com. And now I shall tell you it's playing at the Crandall Theater in Chatham. We have, as always, many titles, starting with Women Talking, A Man Called Otto, After Sun, Megan, Everything Everywhere All at Once, All That Breathes, Close, Tar, 80 for Brady, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and The Quiet Girl. And you can find the specific showtimes for those at crandalltheater.org. Amazing. I'm going to tell you next about what's playing at Spotlight Cinemas in Hudson. That is the eight-screen movie theater on Fairview Avenue. We have Bunker, Magic Mike's Last Dance, Marlowe, Knock at the Cabin, 80 for Brady, Cocaine Bear, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, A Man Called Otto, and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. To find out more, head to SpotlightCinemas.com and click on the Hudson location. All right, and now I'm going to tell you about what's playing at Upstate Films. So starting with the Star Cinema, which is located in Rhinebeck, we have Miguel's War, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Emily, One Fine Morning, the Oscar-nominated short films in live action, and the Oscar-nominated short films in animation, EO, and also the Oscar-nominated short films in documentary. Uh, and playing at the Orpheum Theater in Sagardis, we have The Reverend, Cocaine Bear, The Rules of the Game, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Women Talking, Magic Mike's Last Dance, uh, Playtime, Creed Three. And there as well, you can catch the Oscar-nominated short films in live action and in animation. Uh, and you can find out more information about those specific showtimes at upstatefilms.org. Gorgeous. All right, last but not least, I'm going to tell you about what's playing in Hudson's TSL, or Time and Space Limited. Uh, as always, there's a lot of stuff playing, so I encourage you to head to timeandspace.org and look at their whole calendar. But now playing this week is Close, The Forger, Roberto Rossellini's Rome Open City, Rules of the Game, a documentary called Hudson America, and EO, which I really want to see, uh, James Baldwin Abroad, and Everything Everywhere All at Once, which uh, brings us 
perfectly into what we're talking about tonight, which is this is our last show before the Academy Awards. Ooh, <laughs> the Oscars. Everybody's buzzing. Everyone's What's gonna win? Buzzing. It's the ninety fifth Academy Awards. Wow. People. We should host the Academy Awards. <laughs> uh, I'm no Billy Crystal, but no. <laughs> Billy Crystal. One best left to to history <laughs> one best not that's remembered. right he did something bad didn't he? he did blackface oh, yeah. oh no so sorry crystal no crystal no you were my favorite oscar <laughs> we thought we could trust you oh oh dear i'm so sorry do you do you ever think about how embarrassing it probably is to be at the Oscars and seeing those goofy hosts? Do oh yeah, thing? it's brutal. It's so different on TV where yeah. there's uh, live editing happening. Yeah, totally. And even like on TV at my house, I'm still embarrassed to be watching yeah. it when it's like the segments in between the awards. Yeah. I'm like this is terrible. I can't wait for it to be over. Oh, and often they're like the I was about to say the magicians. <laughs> You know, it is a kind of magic, if you really think about it. Oh, that's what they say on the red carpet before (laughs) it starts. Um, The the magic is in the air tonight. Um, Yeah, uh, they're usually, like, kind of heckler comedians. Yeah. So I always feel bad for... um, you know anyone who's getting getting heckled, heckled yeah oh it is <laughs> it's so unpleasant yeah. that's the thing is that i do i have watched the oscars most of the last couple of years yeah but it is still brutal yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, did it's, the slap happen at the last one was yeah it was that, last yeah it was, because jada was getting heckled yep exactly yeah <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> Um, so again, this is our last show before they happen on March 12th. So we're just going to talk about, um, who's up, who's nominated for what, what we've seen. We haven't seen all of them, but we've gone through a fair amount. Um, so we talked about maybe first addressing which movies we're not going to be talking about (laughs) and not for necessarily any powerful reasons, just which ones did we not see slash are just not interested in talking Mm -hmm. about, um, I don't really have an answer to that. I know <laughs> for me, for me, like the ones that I don't feel like we need to cover are kind of the bigger movies. Like I think everybody by now knows about everything everywhere all at once, which yeah. is an excellent movie where we both really liked it. Um, Top Gun Maverick, I think also like a pretty popular, like a very popular movie famously yeah. saved Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Avatar 2, I'm guessing you probably don't want to talk about. Oh, You're the yeah. only one of us who's seen that's, it. That's the one. That's the one I don't need to talk <laughs> yeah. about. The rest. Um, yeah. So everything else is a little bit less well known. I think like we were talking about this at work the other day and listing the movies and a couple of our coworkers were like, I haven't heard of it, literally any of those. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So yeah, great. Exactly. <laughs> we're starting fresh. So maybe we'll just start by looking at who's nominated for best picture telling everybody who all the nominees are and then talking about the ones we've seen that sounds great who we think should win who who we think shouldn't be nominated at all yeah totally um let's get into it all right so up for best picture for the 95th academy awards we have top gun maverick women talking everything everywhere all at once the banshees of inishirin triangle of sadness the fablemans all Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, Elvis, and Tar. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Um, I think between the two of us, we've only not seen one of them. Yeah, we've right? seen everything except uh, women talking. Women talking. So I'm going to say right away, I don't think Avatar or Elvis should be nominated. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that's fair. I have not seen women talking. I haven't seen All Quiet on the Western Front, and I haven't seen Tar. Uh, Do you want to s- tell me about the either of the two I would that love you have to. yeah i would love to um the thing that i want to talk about the most is tar so i'm gonna save that for yeah later. Okay, okay um i will say so all quiet on the western front i watched this weekend because i was like okay this is nominated for so many oscars like yeah. it's nominated for almost every category it's crazy that it's like eligible for and it because it, it's also a foreign picture it's a, foreign film, it's a yeah. german film so it's also in best foreign film yep. category it really is. It's in all of them. Yeah. Um, and so I decided to watch it because I was interested. Um, and I've seen the it's an adaptation of a novel that's from 1929. And there's also a movie adaptation from 1930 that uh, won the Oscar that year that it was nominated. 
um, which I have seen. I saw it when I was in high school. And it's an excellent movie. And so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, what's this new one about? Yeah. And it's like, it's very impressively made. Like, it's really, uh, like, the special effects are incredible. It's very gory, which is, like, you know, exciting for people who like horror movies, even mm-hmm. though it's not meant to be a well, horror it's movie. A real, it's the horror of war. You know, the horror <laughs> of war, you know, war is hell. It turns out. <laughs> turns out, <laughs> turns out more is hell. Um, but that being said, it is, uh, it doesn't really have the same emotional arc uh, that you would want from a movie like that, which is it's so it's if you're not familiar with the concept, um, it's about a young German man who is enlists as a soldier in World War One, famously uh, one of the deadliest wars in human history mm-hmm. uh, and very much like considered by most people to be meaningless and purposeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's got a lot of scenes of like really brutal trench warfare, which are like very interesting to watch because it's like very it's structured kind of like an action movie with those scenes yeah that are like really intense but the novel and both movie adaptations are really episodic because it's meant to follow this one guy like it's his diary mm-hmm. um and so you the only kind of actual plot structure you get is like scenes from this man's life yeah and with this newer adaptation it jumps into the war immediately you don't really get any lead up to it with him like losing his naivety of like like, he enlists in the war because he thinks it's going to be really just and exciting. Yeah, he wants um, to be a hero. He wants to be a hero. And, like, he, like it, there's a scene uh, in both movies where he's, like, a whole group of students in his school are all talked up by the teacher who's, like, you have to go and, like, do this for the country. And, like, this is so great. And, like, everybody gets all excited. Um, and what you would want in, like, an emotional arc is for him to, like, start out really excited about yeah. the war and, like, slowly lose that and then be confronted with the horrors of war. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, is always nice. It's not a new thing in war movies, but it is always a nice perspective to see because you do get mm-hmm. plenty that are uh, basically read just like action movies. Yeah, and, and we get a lot of war propaganda movies Yeah, we have a country. lot of war propaganda movies. So <laughs> seeing ones that are about truly about the horrors of war or somebody, yeah, losing, like changing that whole mm-hmm. perspective um, are really nice and refreshing and so like there's uh it has some of that in a way that is really interesting but it just to me it doesn't like complete it's really hard to get invested in most of the characters until very close to the end and like you like people i mean that is part of it is that people die really fast because it's an incredibly bloody war um but it just makes it a lot less engaging Mm. and so to me i'm like it's very impressive technically the acting is great. I just don't think that, like, the script is very good. Like, I don't think it's a good adaptation of that story. I would much uh, more strongly recommend the movie from 1930, even though it's black and white and, like, partially silent. Yeah. Um, it's still just more engaging and from, like, a plot structure perspective. And so, to me, I'm like, it makes sense that it got nominated for a bunch of stuff because people simply love an impressive movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it is, like, you know, it's it's upsetting. It's really intense. There's, like, a lot of squishing of body parts and, like... It's very sad. It's very sad. So All Quiet on the Western Front is up for Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best International Feature Film, Best Original Score, Best Sound, Best Production Design, Best (laughs) Cinematography, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, and Best Visual Effects. Which do you think it might win or which do you think it should win for? For me, I feel like some of the special effects would be would make sense yeah um the cinematography the score doesn't make any sense to me because it has like a really um mod- well it's like it's a it's a weird choice which mm-hmm. is like maybe that's why it's being pointed out like it has a very modern score where there's like um like really intense synthesizer sounds uh wow. during the battles which huh. is like during it's like it's meant to like bring intensity and drama and it is like i mean i sat up and took notice as soon as i heard it because i'm like oh a synthesizer yeah. <laughs> That's great. oh i love sense. i love sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh you like john carpenter too cool. Oh, cool oh cool um but it's not uh like tonally it doesn't really make sense to me mm-hmm. or at least also like it's not it's not like a very significant score like we're gonna award a score like i'd like there to yeah. be an orchestra which is why it's like it's old-fashioned it's, my old-fashioned opinion no i feel the same way and like <laughs> It's. I mean, yeah. You just don't need. You don't need sense to make an emotional, uh, in, or to invoke intensity. Yeah, it feels kind of like a crutch. Yeah. Um. It's good to talk about. Like so many of the best pictures, as always, with the Academy Awards, are up for so many other categories, yeah. which is why it's like great to knock this off. Totally. It's up for so much. Um. Yeah. I've heard great things about the visual effects. 
I'm still yet to see it. Yeah, it like it looks good. I think if you're like into war movies or into like bloody movies, mm-hmm. I would recommend it. If you're not like, I don't think that it's a vital watch. I would say I've watched a lot of other movies that are a lot better this year. Yeah, what I would say for myself personally. Um, but yeah, and then the other one that I've seen that you haven't is Tar, mm-hmm. which uh, I love very much. Tar tell is me, great. Tell me more about Tar. I'll tell you a little bit about Tar. Uh, it's also nominated for Kate uh, Blanchett for uh, actor, Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also nominated for Screenplay, too, actually. but so pull up everything it's nommed up. for. But so Tar is a movie uh, directed by Todd Field. Um, and stars Kate Blanchett as the titular Lydia Tarr. <laughs> um, and she is meant to be like one of the world's premier conductors. Uh-huh. Who She's also a composer. Um, and the story, like the movie follows this part of her life where she is at like the height of her career. And she's about to conduct um, the final Mahler symphony. When she she'd, like started the series before the pandemic and then has one left to do. And it's like, okay everything's back open i'm gonna do this one piece of conducting that's going to like cement her legacy forever Mm -hmm. um but it's really about her being uh incredibly corrupt (laughs) it's really it's about um, she's a bad lady it's about uh power (laughs) and how even when you're an incredibly uh beautiful uh powerful lesbian played by Kate blanchett you too can wield your power in evil ways (laughs) (laughs) it's so crazy how you can be a jerk even when you're gay <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> it turns out it's not nuts it's so um, crazy <laughs> but it's such a like beautifully made movie it is thrilling despite it being about a conductor going through uh, going about her life well the trailer looked very thrilling i thought it was gonna be like truly a thriller i thought it i mean i thought it was like a, a music horror movie <laughs> when i put it on yeah. and i like i mean it kind of is it's like it's really intense it's about her like this woman who um like she is considered to be like an artistic genius and like what that looks like to the people around her yeah and how it turns out artistic geniuses often not very nice nice. pretty rude Um, but it is i would say this this is like a really reductive (laughs) summary of it but i think tar is just a really well-made movie Kate blanchett's incredible in it um and she also has amazing looks just excellent Excellent looks. Uh, up and um, down. It's up for Tara's up for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Original Screenplay, Best Cinematography, and Best Film Editing. Dang. Um, what do you think it might win for, if any, or what do you think it doesn't make sense that it's nominated for? Um, that's a great question. I don't know if it's going to win anything. I mean, Kate Blanchett has won a couple of yeah. the other awards leading up to the Oscars. I kind of have a feeling that it might not win. I know. Yeah. So, like, so Kate Blanchett won all of them up until the SAG Awards, I think. And that's yeah. when Michelle Yeoh won. Um, what are the other? I'm just going to take a look. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think um, it's really hard to say. I, like, I don't know how they choose these things i know i always base it off of like unfortunately like when political elections happen and i see more science for one person than the other Mm -hmm. i'm like (laughs) they're gonna win that person's gonna win yeah that's kind of how when i feel when i hear more fanfare Mm -hmm. like even if it's like dumb fanfare when i hear more fanfare about a movie i'm like no okay well that feels right too because especially with the oscars it's like it's just members of the academy voting and like like I think the last couple of years there were a bunch of polls where a bunch like the members of the Academy were asked how many of the movies they watched mm-hmm. before the Oscars. And mm-hmm. many of them were like, mm, like two. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it really is like word of mouth kind of yeah. and how good your campaign is. Yeah. Just so you know, listeners, Jenny and I aren't like, <laughs> we're not like into the Oscars. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I generally disagree with their choices. Yeah. Yeah. Almost not all, not always but lately i mean lately lot. they've been doing better stuff but even so yeah uh, but yeah i don't know it's what it's gonna win i think uh it's a beautifully made movie i do think the directing and the acting are really good the script has like some things in it that i would change personally if yeah. they were up to me um but in general it's a really it's a very cool movie and i would recommend it nice. i would recommend it i'm really i've actually always been really curious about um todd field's other movies same i've never seen any i've of never them. seen any of them he's only 
Tar is his third. Yeah, and he like he had like a sixteen year break or something between Tar and the one before it. Yeah, so we have in the bedroom, little children, and then Tar. Yeah. And I've heard great things about both in the bedroom and little children. They're very depressing, <laughs> but um, so I'm very curious. All right. What else do we got here? What else do we got? We Are don't need to talk about Avatar. <laughs> I can just say, obviously, I don't think that should be nominated. I enjoyed my viewing, but, like, that's ridiculous. You don't think it was the best picture of 2022? Jesus Christ. I feel like it's just <laughs> because it comes from James Cameron, I guess. And they're like, we love you. Like, People you made Titanic. are really obsessed with Avatar. I literally, went, even when the first one came out, I was like, okay, James Cameron made this movie because he wants everyone to be obsessed with it, but it, like, didn't work. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't – I just – I basically didn't know that people actually cared about Avatar. Yeah. I thought they cared about it as much as they care about Ant-Man Quantumania. <laughs> like, like I really – Right. I really <laughs> thought it was just, like, Marvel-level care. Right, which totally. People love Marvel movies, but, like, they're not getting nominated for freaking Oscars. It's true. Um, well, maybe that should change. Just I know. kidding. Uh, <laughs> the other movie that I don't like, and I think you also know, like that doesn't make any sense to be nominated, is um, the Elvis movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Baz Luhrmann. I he uh, had his time in his play. Like I don't hate Baz Luhrmann. Mm -hmm. He his his uh, style <laughs> <laughs> worked really well in the nineties when uh, movies were um, garish and gaudy and fun in that way. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate it like I I thought it had some good merits I thought some parts of it were a good telling of the story of Elvis mm -hmm. Presley which is short and sad yeah um but uh, it, he couldn't help himself and he just bazzed it out <laughs> and I wish it wasn't all bazzed out <laughs> yeah I will say for me like I don't I'm not like a massive Boslerman fan and I also don't know anything about Elvis I watched the first half of that movie and then stopped because I was like cool I get it yeah. um but that being said the Oscars love a biopic and I do appreciate that Elvis is like insane and like I do I think yeah. that I respect Boz's commitment to doing weird stuff and like yeah. being like the maximalist nut he is yeah and like most music biopics are really boring and like not that interesting and don't take any like creative swings yeah and I do really respect you have a good point there that like Elvis you know at least the academy acknowledges Elvis and that like look this movie's crazy yeah and I think that like I I wish that we had more Elvises and fewer Bohemian Rhapsodies personally I I, <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree um definitely another movie that was way too long um dude every like best picture no nominee this year is so, so long. long um yeah and like i said like it's despite being ultimately a pretty ridiculous and at, at a lot of times really hard to watch movie mm -hmm. um uh it it had like it made me cry you know because yeah, totally. it, it it didn't do a bad job at um illustrating well the like you know the sad parts of Elvis's life or whatever right. it's still connecting with you even if you're like oh I'm like put off by how garish that it yeah is. exactly it still got something out of me and I got something out of it um and you're right it is nice to see a zany <laughs> zany movie get nominated I was about to ask if Baz has ever been nominated for anything but I'm sure he was nominated oh, yeah. for like Australia <laughs> yeah I'm sure I mean I think even probably I think probably all of them yeah like Romeo plus Juliet like the Great Gatsby probably did Moulin <sighs> Rouge almost certainly like oh, I feel like all of those right. movies are you're like right. kind of Oscar baity in a, a way weirdo. because they're all really like theater people really like them Ugh, I know because <laughs> they're very theatrical they're, yeah exactly <laughs> I do think that Austin Butler did a great job mm -hmm. um the the actress who plays Priscilla, who's in the show that we love, uh, The Society. Oh, my God. She plays Priscilla Presley, and she does a good job. I didn't too. even get that far into the movie. Now I want to finish watching it. Yeah. Tom Hanks plays um, the colonel or whatever. Uh, Elvis Presley's very corrupt, manipulative manager. Um, and so... The movie is told basically from his perspective, or not not from his perspective necessarily, but him being the one, <laughs> the um, <laughs> Virgil <laughs> taking you through the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And that was a cool idea, I thought. But Tom Hanks, like, played it so hard in a way that <laughs> was brutal. just so br- yeah, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like too weird. It made, yeah, made my skin crawl. Yeah, yeah. That's what the, actually now that you're t- now that we're talking about Elvis. Now that we're here talking about Elvis, um, part of the reason that I stopped watching it was because I was really enjoying all of the Elvis parts of Elvis. Yeah, but everything with uh, with Tom Hanks was really <laughs> difficult to stomach. Yeah, it was really hard. And like, I don't doubt that that person was a really larger in life type character in real life but yeah ugh. yeah unpleasant ugh, unpleasant yeah. to behold really unpleasant to behold <laughs> uh it's like yeah it was gross um so i'm sorry elvis i don't think you should be nominated for best picture <laughs> I but i guess fair. now that they let us pick 10 i know it is crazy that it's 10 it's so many movies it's so many it's a lot of movies it's a lot of movies. It's a lot of movies. Hey, did you watch The Fablemans? Oh, let's talk let's about talk The Fablemans. Let's talk about The Fablemans. <laughs> hey, while we're here, we're just going to spend a lot of time on the um, best picture, I think. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, because also a lot of these, again, are up yeah. for other ones. Um, so, I was entertained by The fa- Okay, let me tell you, dear listeners, about The Fablemans. The Fablemans is Steven Spielberg. <laughs> It's Steven Spielberg's new movie that is semi-autobiographical about a uh, young guy um, and his quirky, sweet family. Mm -hmm. He's the eldest Mm -hmm. of three. He has two younger sisters. And um, his parents are, I mean, it's really the the, like saga of a family. It's, It's a sweet little family drama. His mom is incredibly encouraging and creative and effusive and like a wonderful, wonderful, warm person. Um, his dad is like some kind of engineer and like wicked smart. Um, and he's close with both of them, but their mom and dad are going through their own relationship troubles. That's affecting the kids, obviously. And it's how he gets interested in movie making and continues to pursue it. <clears throat> Um, and it kind of the story kind of ends right as he's truly getting into the world of mm-hmm. filmmaking professionally. Um, and I thought it was really entertaining. I thought it was very, very cute in that way that Steven Spielberg can be very, very cute. Like he's good at making families. The and man knows how to make a movie. <laughs> he does know how to make a movie. I thought it like was a little a little twee, you mm-hmm. know, like it was like a little over the top yeah. cute at times. Um but yeah, it was I was totally entertained because it was the story of this kid growing up when it ends. He's like maybe 18 or 19 mm-hmm. when the story ends. And I'm like, oh, well, I could have kept watching this for like another five hours. I felt the so same I can way. see your whole career. Yeah, I really I was like not <laughs> expecting to care about the Fablemans at all. And I don't really care necessarily. But I I also was like very surprised by how much I enjoyed it, especially I think the second half is stronger than the first half. I agree. Um, And it's really like so it's about this kid uh, named Sam, who's like the Steven Spielberg of it all. Um, And it's. In part also, like, it's a coming-of-age movie, and it's about him and his parents kind of falling apart, but also about him discovering the power of cinema. And it's like, he just, he, a thing that feels... Uh, it it is like a little bit twee, but also is very effective. Is that he keeps yeah. making these movies that like speak to people in really specific ways, and he's mm-hmm. like learning about using it as a tool to connect people and also to keep things from people. Yeah, um, and like how to kind of manipulate the viewer. Yeah, and in, in this way that is like actually very interesting yeah. and uh, very and like all of the scenes of him making the movies are oh, they're so, so good. good. Yeah, they're, they're so really good. fun and down to like you know the um, the various pieces of equipment his mm-hmm. family gets him is so like I don't know what that editing machine does but I get excited when his dad gets it for him yeah you know? totally um yeah you're so right the way that it uh treats our main character's relationship to film and like yeah the way that he's learning to use it and um yeah it's it's really wonderful to watch yeah it's great and um Michelle Williams plays his mom, and I think she might win Best Actress. Really? Um, I thought maybe she was going to be up for Supporting Actress, Mm -hmm. which I would have thought would be more 
reasonable of yeah. a win for her. I thought she was wonderful in mm-hmm. it, like mostly because her character is so so lovable and not not without flaw, mm-hmm. but um yeah, she's a really she's a person I want to know in real oh, life that's and so like sweet. yeah, it's like really uh I loved that character. Oh, it was so nice. That's so sweet. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't agree, but I love that for you. Yeah. I did not, I really struggled with her in the first half of the movie. Like, and I totally, I get, she's like, she is so warm. Like, I I really loved her character as a person, but as a viewer, I was like, I cannot handle this woman. Oh, (laughs) she's a lot. She's theatery. She's too much for me. Yeah, no, But I do, I respect it. (laughs) She's a lot. And that's what makes it kind of twee. Yeah. And like, I leaned hard into that. Like, yeah, the, the whole family they all they're all like very um, it's very heightened cute. like it's yeah. yeah like they're not they're not necessarily acting like real people they're no. all they're doing very strong character choices exactly which is like kind of a whole bit in yeah its totally own way. it's pretty cute like it's about a, movies yeah it's about, it's movies. about movies so you get like a movie family where all of their roles are larger than yeah. life you're bringing me around honestly like i came into this being like i did not like michelle williams performance but now i'm like oh no God. it makes a lot of sense i loved it especially <laughs> because you know a lot of it is also about her dealing with depression Mm -hmm. and so like somebody who seeing someone who is so generous with their energy Mm -hmm. struggle with depression and just turn totally inward yeah is that was like really powerful to me and and again like portrayed in a very over-the-top obvious way Mm -hmm. it was very blatant because because her character to begin with is so um outgoing yeah totally um but yeah because she's such a heart of the story and she's also you know the sam's father is a little more like well making movies is just a hobby for you but his (laughs) mom is really really supportive about it totally she's kind of an artsy weirdo (laughs) (laughs) quirky lady um and so yeah that yeah nice I liked seeing everyone's relationships play out. It yeah. was, I liked the Fablements. The I feel out. like a big dork for liking the Fablements. The Fablements good. But I no, I, I'm here with you. I was very, I was so surprised because I was like, how? Oh, come on, come yeah. on. Not that I like don't think Steven Spielberg's gonna make an amazing movie because he obviously is. Yeah, but it was still just like I don't think I'm gonna like this. And then I was like, no, I do love the power of cinema. Oh yeah. no, oops. Oh no. Um, so we have the Fablements up for best picture, best director, best actress best supporting actor Judd Hirsch is that the main character no, no. that's his weird uncle who's oh. in that one scene mm-hmm. I don't think he needs to be no that's <laughs> dumb yeah. um best original screenplay best original score John Williams you've had enough you don't need more <laughs> um and best production design somebody stop him I know I'm like that's so great John I you and Steve you're good buddies but just like when you get nominated for that many awards, you must be like another, another one. one. Yeah, meaningless. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, st- I, I, li- I liked this movie. I hope Steven Spielberg doesn't win. Yeah, totally. That would he be doesn't crazy. Need it. He doesn't yeah. need it. But he might. Anything could happen. I know. Anything could anything happen. Anything could happen. I they kind do, of don't think he will, though. I don't think so either. I mean, they love to do a legacy Oscar, but only for people who haven't like gotten it before. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so we talked, we talked Fablemans. We talked Fablemans. Um, is there anything else that like you strongly want to talk about from Best Pick? Let me see what else is Fable- Fablemans nominated for. Um, I could see Fablemans getting Best Original Screenplay, I guess. Yeah. I could see that. It's pretty tight. Yeah. It's, you know what I, and oh it's no, about it's about making movies. So yeah, it's totally. Like they, they love that. Ugh. They love that. <laughs> I know. It's so annoying. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I haven't seen Triangle of Sadness. I have seen Triangle of Sadness. How do you feel about its place under Best Picture? Um, I think it's fine. I think it's a good movie. Yeah. I think it's like, I mean, I think it's an excellently made movie. Yeah. Uh, I, it's definitely not going to win. Uh, I don't think it's going to win anything. I don't yeah. know if it's nominated for anything else, but. It's oh, nominated for Best also. Director as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. I I mean, who who am I to say? But I don't think it's going to win anything because I don't think that many people saw it. Yeah, I don't um, think so either. It's a mm, Swedish I want to say yeah let me double check that it is Um, oh boy I know I think it's struggling struggling oh it's okay (laughs) yes Swedish Swedish um it's a Swedish film directed by Ruben Ostlund 
that is a it's basically it's a social satire it's also two and a half hours long like all of these movies are um it's about this uh male model who's dating another model and the two of them are like instagram influencers and they are given a free cruise that's full of other very very wealthy people um and it's a social satire about how the ultra wealthy are nightmarish so interesting (laughs) (laughs) and it is like i will say so it's it's takes place in three acts that are really different from each other Mm -hmm. um and i think the last act is the best like the the last third of it and i don't want to say too much more about what happens in it because i i think it's more interesting if you don't know although it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. um but to me it's most effective at the end uh it's also for people who cannot handle yucky movies it's got a very gross middle yeah. <laughs> there's i i was watching it and like um started heating up my meal and then stopped heating up my meal and was like cool i'm gonna wait till this movie's over yeah. <laughs> to eat my pasta yeah <laughs> i cannot um yeah. it's got it's definitely i would say it has it has some really strong acting performances in it um and the script is also really great and it, i mean it looks really good it's like a bunch of rich people on a boat like what's not to like yeah they, i'm sure they look good <laughs> um but it's definitely like i think if you're interested in like social satire woody harrelson's also in it in like a really great funny role nice. um he's kind of the only like american like big name actor mm-hmm. uh but yeah everybody in it is great they're doing great work uh but yeah it's not like it wasn't my favorite movie that i saw last year by a long shot but yeah. it is it's good it's like a yeah. good flick I'm curious about that guy, some of that guy's other movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Triangle of Sadness is up for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Original Screenplay. Don't think it's going to win any of those. I don't. Um, Anything right. could happen, but I don't think so. That's I'd be right. very surprised. We're putting the lid on Triangle of Sadness. Put it down. Um, <laughs> so, all right. To wrap up Best Picture, um, we don't think Tar's going to win. No, I don't think Tar's going to win. Elvis, Avatar, no. All Quiet on the Western Front, maybe. <laughs> the Fablemans, maybe. maybe. But I kind of don't I think doubt so. It, yeah. Triangle of Sadness, no. Banshees of Inisherin, I just maybe. watched last night. I loved it. It's, I knew you were gonna it's love it. So good. I knew because I. You it's tell so folktale. Yeah, 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 dude. Like, I was like, because you talked about starting it with with your, my mom, yeah. who then just like fidgeted and was like, "This is kind of slow," and we changed it. To, um, I don't know what. Yeah, and so I was worried that you weren't gonna end up watching it because I was like, I think you're really gonna like. I was too scared to say it's the that. one that's not two ha- two and a half hours. Yeah, it's the only one that's like a reasonable length. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Except for goodness. actually, Top Gun Maverick, I think, is also not that long. Of right? course, it is because it's like an incredibly perfect. tight. It's an incredibly <laughs> tight movie. <laughs> Do I think it should win Best Picture? No. Is it a perfect movie? Yes. I'm kind of like maybe it should win Best Picture. Maybe it's I time. Know. I know. Maybe it is. Time. Also, I was wrong. It's two hours and eleven minutes, but it doesn't feel like it because no. it's such a tight movie. It is so good. I kind of my like. I kind of think it is so it's also nominated Top Gun Maverick mm-hmm. is also nominated for best adapted screenplay oh. and I kind of think it should win that because it is just like an incredibly tightly written script yeah just like I think it should win visual effects oh yeah I agree because the effects are incredible they're really good yeah they're Ugh. so good we're Top Gun fans we are Top Gun <laughs> fans um yeah I loved Banshees of Inisherin, which I finally learned how to say because I watched the movie mm-hmm. last night um I also didn't realize that it was the In Bruges guy, Mm -hmm. and I like his movies, even though they're kind of, like, this is, like, the least cheesy of his movies. Mm -hmm. Like, I like... This is my favorite of his movies, for sure. Yeah, the ones that I've seen. There's a few that I haven't. Same. But, like, the other ones are a little silly, but in a way that I kind of like. Like, Mm -hmm. that Seven Psychopaths one is so dumb. I I forgot that that's him. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's... um, about uh, a small community on an island off the coast of Ireland in the thirties. It's during the it's during Irish the Civil War, yeah. um, and two former best friends. Um, one of which decides one day that a friendship is over. Um, he does not want to be friends with Colin Farrell anymore. <laughs> Colm does not want to be friends with Patrick anymore. <laughs> um, and. From there on out, uh, rises more tension and uh, disturbing events. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a, not like a witchcrafty vibe, but there is a banshee. Mm-hmm. There is a banshee. Yep. Um, it looks beautiful. Yeah. 
there's a sweet miniature donkey named Jenny. We love a Jenny. <laughs> whose name is Jenny in real life. Oh, I found I out. Didn't know because that. she's not a professional acting <gasps> donkey. She's just so a donkey. So they thought that using her real name would be better would for help her. her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't confuse her. <laughs> Colin Farrell's like she didn't like being an actor. Oh. <laughs> she kicked me. I respect that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it's it's gorgeous. The actor who plays Colin Farrell's sister in the movie, his name I can't remember because I've never seen her before, was great. Uh, Barry Cogan, or however the heck you say his Irish name, <laughs> was also great. He's um, so good. I think that kid is like an incredible actor. I do too. He's going to get some golden guys yeah. real soon. Oh yeah, absolutely. If not this time around. Yeah. Because he's probably up for supporting He's up for supporting, yeah. He's probably going to get it. He and... Um, Brendan Gleeson are both up for supporting actor. I hope Perry Cogan gets it. I yeah. Well, <laughs> who else is up? Um, the one that I would vote for is Kihoi Kwan from Everything oh, Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, no, I would. That would make me cry and make me much I more know, happy. Yeah, but I do think Barry. I don't know how to say his last name either. I would say like Kyoen. Yeah, I feel like probably should that's say the G, more but accurate. Cohen maybe. Um, but he's so good. Like I think of him with Colin Farrell also all the time. Killing of the sacred deer. Killing of the sacred deer. I... Where he eats the spaghetti menacingly. He is. <laughs> So and I'm so sorry, Barry. Your face is so creepy. It's so creepy, and I love it so much. It's, he's so good at you having have a creepy small face, eyes and a big nose, and it freaks me out. Yeah, <laughs> and dude, I love it. So good. I have a crush on him because he's so creepy. <laughs> yes, dude. Like it's just like the the little meter just fully flipped over into like now I have a crush on you because I, I think you're disgusting he's so gross he's also like a little creep in uh, the green knight too he always plays a little creep he always plays a little creep because he's got a little it. creep he's face so good. <laughs> um yeah that movie rules it's like very tidy also like a great little like yeah tidy story exactly yeah it's it's tidy is a perfect word it does have like I said a really um folktale vibe which speaks to its tidiness as well mm-hmm. like yeah there's something about its simplicity that feels very um satisfying yeah, yeah. very folk taley mm-hmm. um al- allegory whatever yeah totally uh you know all all these critics and reviewers are like it's about like men and their relationships to their emotions and i'm like, like sure, yeah, sure 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 whatever it's just it's like that's <laughs> like literally like that's such a surface reading i know it. i'm like okay <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, literally. (laughs) Yes. That's the plot of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, one review I saw was like, who didn't like it was like, I thought it was a little like of an annoying, obvious reference to the Irish Civil War. And I'm like, also, like, Like, it's also just a plot point. That's just, yeah. Or like, I guess like the the relationship between the two friends. And I'm like, whatever. Whatever, man. None of my business. Yeah. (laughs) That too. But there's also more. Yeah. What it is, I don't know. I'm not a very good critical thinker. (laughs) (laughs) We're here to watch movies and have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I loved Banshees of Inishirin. Or Inishirin. I, yeah, I think for me, what if I were the Academy, I would choose either Everything Everywhere All at Once or Top Gun Maverick. I loved Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, do I think it's like my favorite movie ever? No, I'm not the Academy. That's fine. <laughs> um, I thought it was amazing. I personally think it's going to win mm-hmm. because it's a great movie, but also because the Academy in this day and age is really trying to be like, we're, we're hip, we're cool, we're woke. Yeah. We're going to... Gesturing towards like progressiveness. Exactly. Like we're going to choose the movie with the mostly Asian American cast. Um, but yeah. And it also has a lot of fanfare around yeah, it. Yeah, totally. I think Which it I, deserves. Yeah, totally. Like I am I also I think it's gonna win and it would be my top pick for of of the nominees. Yes. There are lots of other movies last year that I would have chosen for best picture. Exactly. Exactly. Um but it is I think it is just like a great movie. It's another one that is like it's exciting when something that's not like your typical Oscar movie actually gets nominated and recognized. Exactly. Just like Top Gun and Elvis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's exciting to see something that's like it's just it's a little bit different. Um and yeah, it's just it's like it's just nice. It's just nice. It's just really nice. Um Okay, we don't have a ton of time left, but let's scroll through the other 
um yeah. categories does I, that make sense yeah totally i only have i was gonna say i only have one other movie that i like really want to mention yeah, because do i don't it. think that many people saw it and it's only nominated in one category which is after sun i heard great things about I, after, sun. after sun is one of my top like three movies from last year nice. i think it's so good it's nominated for best actor for paul mescal who mm. um is the main character it's about him uh he plays a father of a daughter who's 12 and it's about the two of them on a vacation in Turkey mm-hmm. um, in like the nineties basically. And it's so beautiful. <laughs> like I, uh, my like metric for whether a movie is good these days is how often I reach for my phone during it. If I'm like yeah. watching it at my house, not once. Yeah. Like I paused it in the middle to like get a snack and I was like, I was really nervous that there wasn't that much left and there was a whole hour left and I was like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah. I want to keep watching this forever. Uh, I hear it's so good. Yeah, I, I really, really loved it. it. Yeah, I would strongly recommend it. It's playing at the Crandall. Okay, so good to you know. should go see it. Because it's also one of those ones that actually didn't pop on my radar, which is, let's be honest, not very sharp um, <laughs> until really recently. Yeah, like, it's a I, smaller movie Yeah, for sure. I did not know about it. Um, yeah, so we have Paul Mescal for After Sun Up for Best Actor, along with Bill Nye for Living, Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inishirin, Austin Butler for Elvis, and Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Neither of us saw The Whale. Neither of us really want to. Do I hope Brendan Fraser wins? Frankly, yeah, because I love him and I, I want something for him. I love him so much. I wish he was in literally any other movie. <laughs> I know, exactly. Like, do I, do I like wanting him to win for that? No, but I just, I'm obsessed with him and I want him to have, like, much like the um the guy who's up for best supporting for everything everywhere mm-hmm. what's his who, Kihoi Kwan. yes Kihoi Kwan. like much like him who he recently returned to mm-hmm. hollywood yeah totally uh that's why i want both of these both of these boys <laughs> to win yeah it just feels just it feels like a little bit of justice not a lot but just a little bit exactly um i can see austin butler winning He's been winning all of them, which is like, okay. Yeah. Like, he's good, but like, okay. Yeah, just because he did a really good Elvis, which I'm like, you know, there's like one million Elvis impersonators who do a really good job. They simply love to award uh, an an impersonation or an impression, and it's like, that's fine. That's fine, I guess. Sure, whatever. Sure, whatever. (laughs) It's none of my business. Um, (laughs) For Best Actress, we have Andrea Riseborough for two leslie which i haven't seen i want to see mm-hmm. i really love andrea riseborough yeah um michelle williams for the fablemans kate blanchett for tar anna de armas for blonde which i didn't see either and michelle yao for everything everywhere all at once who do you think's gonna win i hope that it's michelle i think I th- michelle will yeah win. i think i mean it's between her and kate blanchett for sure i love kate blanchett so very very much michelle yao is my wife yeah as you know yeah, as you know, <laughs> listen, I practice polygamy. They're both my wives. Look, um, <laughs> I can have more than one wife and it's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kate, I'm like, you're you, you know, you've like won a lot. It's fine. Of stuff. Yeah, like, it's fine. You have you're cool. Yeah, we love you. We love you so much, but it's OK. Yeah, you don't need more. You don't need more. Not this time. Um, I haven't seen any of the international films. Me neither. Oh, except for All Quiet on the Western Front. I would like to see EO. Because it's about a donkey. Same, but I also got, I thought about going to see it in the theater and then I got nervous because I was like, you know that donkey's not going to have a good time in that movie. I know. <laughs> it's going to make me sad. Yeah, but I hear it's really good. We yeah. should go see it. We should go see it. We really should. Yeah. Um, Best original song, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> best animated feature, Turning Red, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which I didn't see, Marcel Shell with Shoes On. Shoes On, baby. Sea Beast, and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Who do you think is going to win? It's a close call. I honestly, I don't think it's, well, I don't know. It's always I weird. I can't tell. I hope Marcel wins. I That's one of the only ones of those I've seen. Yeah. I saw Turning Red also. Um, but Turning I just, Red's great. Turning Red is so it's good. But win. I feel like Pixar always wins also. Yeah. But but so that's all but just there's to a say. Guillermo maybe. in the mix there is too. A Guillermo in the, I feel like they're going to do some Guillermo, like Guillermo service. these days. But yeah, Marcel Shell with shoes on. Um, I watched the other night and, uh, and I wasn't, I was like, how on earth can you make this a whole movie? Cause I, you know, we all love Marcella shell. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's really good. I, I really liked great. it. <laughs> uh, I wonder if kids like it. That's Do a good question. Like it feels it? like an adult movie for yeah. adults, but it's, well, not for adults, but like, you know, there's certain animated movies that like kind of get m- 
like marketed to both kids and adults, mm-hmm. but really are a little more adult. This is for, it has adult emotions in it. Like Rango. Like <laughs> never met a single kid who liked Rango, <laughs> but like adults who've seen Rango are like, yeah, Rango's great. That's crazy. Rango's so I've good. never seen Rango. Oh my God. Talk about a movie about movies. <laughs> is that a Gore Verbinski? Is that a Gore Verbinski Ooh, pick? I don't know. <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Sorry, before I get carried away talking about rant, ranting and raving about Rango. <laughs> Um. All right, best supporting actress Angela Bassett for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin. That is the actress who plays Colin Farrell's sister. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Hong Chow for The Whale. I think it's gonna be Angela Bassett. I think it has to be. Yeah, she deserves it. Give yeah. it to her. Yeah, I She's would love it to be Angela Bassett. Yeah. Bassett. 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 <laughs> Very French. Uh, yeah. Bassett. Bassett. Um, yeah. I, I, it's so hard to say, but that's just like what my instinct says for the way they go. I trust your instinct. I could see it being Jamie Lee. Yeah, that's true. It definitely could be Jamie Lee. But I'm like, she has so many awards. I know. I know. Best Supporting Actor, Brendan Gleeson for Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. I've never heard of Causeway. Nope, me neither. <laughs> Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans. No. <laughs> Barry Cogan for Banshees of Inisherin. Yes. <laughs> Kihoi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes. Yeah, that's our. That's where our, our loyalties lie with Barry Keoghan and Kihoi Kwan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Please. Either of them, I'll be happy. Um, Kihoi Kwan... Maybe I would prefer because I want his return to Hollywood to be just the grandest. Yeah. I want everybody to um, carry him on their shoulders he's, outside of the theater. Oh, he's saying, being wow. so cute about it, too. Like, he's so happy to be yeah, back. It's so and he's sweet. so shocked. Yeah. Like, it's so cute. Ugh. Him and Brendan Fraser, I feel like both. I saw. I don't know how it like some interview, like a little like round table with mm-hmm. a bunch of actors oh, yeah. nominated for best actor and a lot of mm-hmm. movies getting buzz were in like a round table chat mm-hmm. and like both Brendan Fraser and Kihoi Kwan were there and they were so cute. Yeah. And so congratulatory of oh. each other and like, oh my God. <laughs> we just I love a comeback story. We I love know, an underdog. I we know. love justice being served, even though it's too late. Uh Okay, best director. Director. Martin McDonough for um, Banshees of Inisherin, Todd Field for Tar, Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness, Daniel Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once. <laughs> the Daniels is, is what they yeah. go by. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, the two Daniels. The Daniels. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a good old Steve Spielberg for The Fablemans. Good old Stevie Spielberg. I pr- I'm assuming it's going to be the Daniels or Martin. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Um, Unless they randomly give it to Todd Field, which would be cool. Yeah. It's anybody's game. <laughs> I haven't, I have seen half of, this is for best documentary. We have All That Breathes, Fire of Love, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, A House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. Um, only seen half of Fire of Love. Don't know anything about the other ones. I hear All, all the, That Breathes might win, though. I hear All the Beauty and the Bloodshed is supposed to be amazing, nice. and I would really like to see it. It's about Nan Golden. Oh, um, nice. But yeah, that, this is pretty much where we got to wrap it we up. We do have to go. Unfortunately, I could talk about it forever. I know. But, there's a lot of movies out there. Um, please head to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda on Instagram to um, tell us what you think and tell us who you think is going to win. Um suggest themes for future shows just get in touch with us that yeah. is at dim the lights with jenny and amanda uh all one word all one word and don't forget it's the pledge drive baby mm-hmm. head on over wgxc.org slash donate if you like what you're hearing now and what what you're going to hear later and tomorrow and the next day and you want to keep those sounds still coming out those airwaves toss a couple bucks in our hat yep exactly we love this station we love being on here so keep it powered up please uh thank you all so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time bye bye
you can be fierce.